Greetings guys, now welcome now to our brand new episode of Redemption of the Rotten. I'm your host Mr. Yaz Matihan and join me now once again is Joe Morton. How are you doing Joe? How's about you Yaz? Yeah, I'm doing well. And joining me now for the first time is um, everyone's favorite kind of funny dad, uh, Tracy Henderson, aka that fake Tracy. How are you doing Tracy? <laughs> I'm doing well, how are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing also well. Now, we talked before this, but this is actually the first time you guys saw each other in video, uh, Joe and right? Yeah, yeah we believe do a so. Lot of Twitter, a lot of Twitter interactions, but not mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Because I, I remember yeah. when we were playing online, I remember it was The Division, I think it was you and Gifted Dim, because I remember hearing your voice. So every time I hear your voice, like, oh, that's Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did do that. I forgot about that. We used to rock The Division every once yeah. in a while. It was good times. Yeah. Yeah. So, how is everything going on? Because I know, Joe, are you still recording a podcast? Because last night you did with Lee for, what was it, Nightmare Before Christmas? That's right. Yeah. Um, got that one up last week. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, got some other folks on deck. Um, just got to work out timing and all that happy, fun stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, got some stuff in the works. Do you know what his podcast is about, Tracy? No. Uh, Joe, do you want to tell yeah. him what this is about? Well, uh, every episode I bring on a guest so we can discuss one of their favorite scary films. It's uh, Murders with Mertens. Uh, just a fun conversation about somebody's favorite horror movie. Uh, good times. It is a podcast I'll never be on because I don't do horror. <laughs> if it's <laughs> scary, I don't, don't do it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a thriller or something horror adjacent, even a horror comedy that you actually like. But uh, you had an episode for Nightmare worry. Before Tucker Christmas. And Del, the Tucker and Dell versus Evil would probably be the closest thing to a scary movie I would do. There you go. There you yeah. go. That absolutely counts. Yeah. And speaking about scary movies, I actually I just recently, you know, today I actually you know watched two, three movies like. I had to rewatch Highlander 2, watch the first Highlander film, and the third one. Terrifying. Do you know what I saw? There's a good moment of pause. <laughs> uh, yes. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 I saw for the first time. All right. It's like the closest. Yeah. Yeah, it's the closest thing to a horror film in uh, the MCU. Yeah. I remember stuff happened. I was like, how the hell is this rated PG-13? Because I don't want to spoil it to you, but it's like something happens in the beginning of the film. I was like, wow, this is PG-13. And, um, yep, they done did it. Yeah. You're telling me to start the movie and then come in a few minutes later. <laughs> I believe in you, Tracy. I know you can do this. <laughs> I mean, especially because if you're a Sam Raimi fan, you're actually going to appreciate it more. Because... Yeah, I think this uh, was an MCU movie made for Evil Dead fans, yeah. for sure. Because I remember listening to the film, it was like, wow, this, there are some scenes felt like in the Evil Dead films. I was like, wow, I can't believe they allowed Sam Raimi to do this. Because I know there are some people who were not happy with the film. They, they said they preferred what was Derrickson was the one, because they just were saying, are you going to see his new movie, The Black Phone? Got a ticket for it for tomorrow night after work. This time tomorrow, I'll be uh, about halfway through that movie. Yeah, because I know people who actually who saw the film, they was like, man, I wish that after seeing this film, but he should have done Dr. Strange instead of Sam Raimi. 
But at the end of the day, Kevin Feige, he has the final call. Like, he, he, he gets to decide who makes the film or not. Hmm. Okay, um. Well, it's not like he has a lot of misses, so you got to trust Kevin yeah. Feige for the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even the not-so-good stuff is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen Eternals because for some reason my Disney Plus country still is not available on it. Huh. It's definitely low-tier MCU, but it's still watchable. There's still, you know, some joy to be found here and there throughout, so I think it's worth a watch. From what I, I heard, people, people say it's very crammed with so many stuff, like saying that there's not enough room for space. Is this true? I'd say so. It's such a large ensemble cast that um, they're not given enough of a moment to breathe. I think it would have done better as like a miniseries or something. That was the major response. It's like it should have been a TV show. Yeah, it would have been much better. And if they had another couple hours just to let it breathe and space things mm-hmm. out. Oh, right, then. So, uh, Joe, you don't mind me asking, but what's the card behind you? Uh, that is a Lego Batmobile from the Batman. Then, which Batman? The Batman. Oh, yeah, because, uh, because I was, I have actually the Batcave Lego set, which I got as a birthday gift. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of birthday... Yeah, I'm, that was a fun build. Yeah. And speaking of birthday, Tracy, you just uh, had your birthday, right, recently? Yeah, the 14th. Yeah, happy birthday. I'm man. getting old. Yeah, happy I hope birthday. Thank you. Oh, it happens to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quaid's 18 today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure now I'm one more year and I've turned 30 now. Still, I'm about to, so far, no gray hair. Sweet my summer face. child. You're a baby still. Yeah, yeah sweet summer child. <laughs> That's why I always shave whenever I do a podcast episode to look clean. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I hope this does not come but we watch as a bad birthday gift, Tracy, watching this film. <laughs> I love the entire anything Highlander related. Uh-huh. I went to Blockbuster several times to rent one and two. I don't know if you guys did, but when I I went and bought a sword because of Highlander. You if you saw me, you're like, I gotta get me a sword. Just in case I I'd potentially die and become a Highlander. Because that's what I thought in the first one. The second one, they changed it up. But I had my sword just in case I became a I became an immortal and had to chop someone's head off. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's put it this way: I had plenty of friends in undergrad who are uh, you know into fencing, so <laughs> it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, for, <laughs> for me, like actually, you know, this actually, like I said today, I watched both these two films, and it's actually you know my first time watching any Highlander film. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> because well, I, I'm glad wow. you got to watch the first one. Yeah, at least I got to watch it like that. It's a good thing I saw it after the second one. So that's why I can have a good thing I saw after <laughs> the second one. Need <laughs> that palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. Well, even the TV show is really good. That's what uh, Adrian so Paul. told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. And that's why there is a Renata Gates cut and a third and fourth movie is because of how popular the TV show became. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, because most of the time we begin talking, I'm pretty sure we have, might have lost some audience. They was like, so are you going to talk about the film or not? But <laughs> it's the usual thing. I mean. Well, yeah, forget those guys. Yeah. We need to catch up with people. I mean. This is actually my first time talking, you know, we're doing a voice call with Tracy. I mean, 
I would love to catch up with him because I know I mostly I like to talk with his daughter Carly and she's actually a fun person to to hang out with. <laughs> Seeing her back and forward with uh, Kadena is also funny. <laughs> You're my family's number one fan and we appreciate you for that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I'm actually You caught... definitely get our our strange sense of humor. Yeah. And also, tell Carly and Kadin that I'm, I'm their number one fan, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the, the return of that TikTok TV show. I keep pitching them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be harder for them now that they're on opposite coasts. Oh. But uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll get together and do something soon. Yeah. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Carly, um, did she get married or she's about to get married? He's engaged to uh, another kind of funny community best friend that they <laughs> they met through the yeah. community, and they're going to be getting married here probably next year, I think. But oh. with the pandemic, they're trying to make sure everything's right and everybody can get to where they need to be. Yeah. I'm just curious what Kadena has planned for, for a bachelor party. That's what I'm curious <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hazing involved. Yeah. So I hope that we don't wake up and you find a tiger in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, especially now that Kadena's 21. I'm, I would not be surprised if oh, there's man. some shenanigans going down in Vegas. Oh, uh, you mentioned 21. I remember that's the legal edge to drinking in the U.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, what was her first uh, alcohol that she drank legally when 21? Her, well, the funny thing is right before she turned 21, we went on a cruise to the Bahamas. <laughs> 20, and then we were on the Disney cruise when she turned 21. So her first legal drink in the United States slash uh, Disney cruise line was... Uh, a bottle of Prosecco at a very expensive brunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the... And, and, yeah, and then we we were doing several drinking classes, and at a certain point, she kept going, here, Dad, I don't like this. You finish this. I don't like this. You finish this. And then I'm going to say about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're sitting on the ship, and I just look at them, I'm like, I'm going to go back to the room. And then I didn't leave the room for the rest of the day. I had not been that drunk since uh, probably I was 21. And then Kadena and Brooke thought it was a good idea to FaceTime everybody's number I had in, which is me on the couch in our stateroom, just drunk. <laughs> I uh, felt very bad for the people they called. <laughs> that sounds like something typical they would do. <laughs> It's very something Kadena would do. Just be lucky I didn't have your uh, FaceTime number stored in and they don't uh, use Discord or you would have been receiving a call. Yeah. Or WhatsApp. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I think, you know, we should start you know, talking about the about the phone because now we already went inside 11 talking, catching up with each other. And I do hope now we can talk more of catching up with another episode. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's begin. Uh, today's movie is in Highlander too. So let's just all go back in a little bit now. Flashback of the film. Uh, the first movie, if you're not mistaken, it came out in 1987. And 
What a lot of people don't know is that the film was not a box office hit. In fact, it bombed in the U.S. and partially because, you know, the film actually was badly marketed by the companies. Like, if you remember, there was like the poster with just Chris Lambert's face in black and white. <laughs> a lot of people like didn't know what actually this movie is about. So, when you guys first saw the Highlander movie and you saw the poster, do you guys know what it was actually about? Honestly, I don't recall. I mean, I would have been, you know, a kid around the time the original came out. But uh, I'm sure at some point in uh, the 90s when I was a teenager, uh, there was probably viewing at one point or another. Um, I think the fact that it had a Queen soundtrack was uh, pretty dope. Uh, that's one of the huge selling points of the film. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it just uh, some very very quotable lines as well um and you know it doesn't hurt that it's got sean connery so yeah. um yeah i i think uh over time it, it's uh garnered a well-deserved cult following yeah um and then we have this film yeah <laughs> very much the same thing the i never even heard of highlander until the, the day and age of blockbuster and the one good thing that they got right is when it was on vhs they used more of the european posters and art look so when you went and saw it on vhs you're like okay i can it's a guy with a sword there can be only one sean connery's in it and early 90s sean connery was cool as hell so you're like well let's get it and see what's going on with it Oh, yeah. Yeah, I seem to remember, I would say probably my first exposure to uh, anything Highlander was just uh, probably trailers and TV ads for Highlander 2, The Quickening, and not knowing what the fuck we were looking at. And yeah, uh, then I supposedly the film came out and I heard nothing of it because I never saw it at the time. And then its reputation, um, it's somewhat not so good reputation um and you know i, I i'm glad that you uh yes yeah, you brought up uh you know the the option of watching the renegade cut uh, it, because oh my god um i don't know if i could have taken the uh theatrical um it's unavailable fact, actually uh, yeah yeah that's what i've been reading um yeah. and, and thank god for that yeah <laughs> thank god I, mean, it's good I don't think I'd ever seen the Renegade cut. I'd only seen the original back in the day because, like I said, I used to rent it at Blockbuster and then got into the TV show. So before the Renegade cut was even released, I was granted I didn't watch two as much as I watched one. Like one would be a every other month type thing. I somewhere buried in my house i know i have a vhs and a dvd of one and uh three i don't have two but that but watching the renegade cut i was like okay well this at least makes it somewhat better it's still not great but it's not as bad as the original theatrical cut that said, I, I don't typically drink on podcasts, but oh my God, I'm going to need a little bit of beer to get through this one. Um, <laughs> because. You should save one whew. for Adventures of Achela. 
I'll tell you what this is yeah. about later, Tracy. What's that? Yeah, we're we're going straight into hard liquor for that one, yes. Um, but yeah, this this is a movie. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. I even got Andy on board for Adventure of Achela because I already he gave me a pass to use it for any film. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's that's nightmare fuel, absolutely. Basically, Tracy, Adventure of Achela is a badly animated Turkish film. I show it to you. I need to have ignite every time I I mention the animated film. You send some movies to us, and I'm just, I just look at it and I'm like, Yaz, you're lucky I love you. Because <laughs> if a random person sent this to me, they would be blocked. Yep. Uh, I know better than to click a lot of those links uh, just because the, what that will do to the algorithm, um, it's just, no, no. That's Make not. sure you're in incognito mode. You do not want to yeah. be logged into your, uh, yeah, uh, YouTube account because if it gets on your ag, you're yeah, you're in trouble. Yes, that's why I always pause my search history on YouTube. <laughs> uh, mm. So, so we, so we were talking about the first Highlander film, and it was not actually a box office success, but it became cult following. And however, it was actually at least did has was it profitable enough in outside. The US, especially in Europe, because like I said, part of it was the marketing. They had a better marketing over there, and people actually they had they knew exactly what they were expecting. And because of the success of the you know the film Europe, people they were always to come to the producers like, hey, let's why don't you guys do a sequel? Why are you guys doing sequels? And part of the reason they had the problem of doing a sequel was because they didn't find you know a major studio to finance the film because of the failure of the first film in the US. So they was like, you know what, we can have to invest from the most focus on the international marketing distributors. Because if you notice, they had lots of like in deals with the you know investor, and then they ended up doing it with with uh, was it? I have a bond company um, to to secure money from, and that was like one of the biggest thing. So and because the the for what I read, originally was to, they had a 15 million budget and. They specifically picked Argentina for the sequel because it was actually a, a cheap location. They told them, hey, you know, come, it's going to be cheap to shoot in Argentina. Yeah, only because their economy was falling to pieces at the time they were shooting this yeah. thing. Yeah, and since you brought up that falling economy, uh, it affected the film's budget. That, do you know how much it got increased from $14 million to what? Mm. How about you, Tracy? You don't know? I don't know. Thirty-four million. Really? Yes. It got that explains a lot of why the bond agency is like, nope, we're done. We're yeah. we're done. You you got to get the movie yep. out. Yeah. Because that's more than doubling the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, and it seems like a paltry film budget now. But I mean, late eighties, yeah. early nineties, that would have been yeah, just ridiculous. It's still lots of money now, especially when people think, man, it's not good, but because they think of Marvel movies, especially now with The Flash, because people are talking about, is are they going to reach people? Say they can't because they spent $200 million. And then you're hearing about the fast, the new Fast and Furious movie. It's reported it's going to have a $300 million budget. And uh, because of, in fact, like I said, uh, the bonding, so like I said, this is actually, the, the version that we're reviewing is not actually the theatrical cut. It's actually the Renegade cut and, what happened is that um, after, after the film got wrapped, uh, the bond company took over the film and they ended up re-editing the film and 
changing some stuff, including like the visual effects, because in one of the visual, one of the visual effects in the film that you might notice is like the the shield in the sky, which it's actually big. But in the original cut, now Tracy, you saw it, the original cut, it was red. So am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one scene it would look cooler. And then the next scene, it would just look like someone with crowns drew it. It 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 you you'd be like, how did it look this good in one scene and this bad in the next? Scene? Well, there's a lot of those types of shots in this film. Yes, at least they try to fix it. Very very poor quality here and there. Yes, yeah, and like I said, um. Because of the, like you mentioned, the economy crisis that affected the film's budget, and then they ended up, you know, the Bond company, because of the over, they went over budget, they ended up taking over it. They say that during the film's premiere, the film's director, uh, Russell uh, Mulcahy, who was also the director of the first film, he walked out 15 minutes into watching the film. And Chris Lambert apparently wanted to walk out from the film, and he could not because of contractual obligations. Yep. Um, oof, he needed a better lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, he had Mortal Kombat. If I'm not mistaken, he did came out after this, right? Yeah, yeah, just a few years after. He's that guy, Chris Lambert. He's been picking some weird films. Like, he's a French guy. He's playing a Scottish in this film. And, and in Mortal Kombat, he's playing an Asian. God. Mortal Kombat was 95, so that was even after 3. So, two and three came out before Mortal Kombat. Well, the best decision he did, Chris Lambert, besides this, is also saying no to Mortal Kombat 2, which is actually another discussion <laughs> for another day. And yeah, that's uh, that's a movie, all right. Yeah. And also, apparently, part of the deal with the production companies, so because, like I said, it was with the phone companies, just like bring back Sean Connery. And if, you know, spoilers of guys. You know, it's already spawning the films. Like, he does in the first film. We see him getting decapitated. And people are like, okay, so how the hell are we going to bring him back? They had to rewrite him. And apparently, they had to pay him, I think, $3.5 million for his, I think, seven-day shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a good payday for him yeah. for not a lot of work. And from the documentary, um, which I was going to mention, uh, apparently people were having fun when apparently he danced, I think, the tango with one with the costume designer. And she was like, she was, she said, it was fun. I had to call my mom. I told mom, I danced with Sean Connery too, on, on the set of the film. Yeah, yeah most of the scenes involve uh, flying and uh, having a suit made and while, yeah. while drinking a lot of whiskey. Yeah. Yes. Um, what if we wonder if they just shot him a day, it's like a day in Scotland, it's like, we'll film him and we'll put this in the film. This is what it felt like, some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely feels like that. They should have brought him back. If you if you had to bring him back, it should have been all flashbacks to training stuff. It, they shouldn't have brought him back as a live character. That just it doesn't make sense and even the rewrite and justification and all that the one good thing about Highlander 1 is you don't know what's going on you don't you, you just know they're immortal and there can be only one and they have to fight each other the moment you try to you try to start to explain that you're like that doesn't make sense why would this why and they just overstepped and they should have just left it alone and just 
it, I yeah. get for having to bring him back. The biggest name by far is Sean Connery. Yes, I completely understand that. There's better ways to do this than what they did. This is one of the worst bits of retconning I have ever experienced in a film. Yeah. It's um, they oof. retconned the film and then they went back to retcon the retcon in the film. This is what they did with this cut. Yeah. Well, yeah. they tried their damnedest to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Man. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tracy, um, because you watched the original theatrical cut, um, the flashback, it, it began with the flashback. It didn't, uh, then there was no, like, because it started with the flashback with, with the ozone, with them launching the shield, and then uh, it went to the opera, right? I don't. I can't. I have not seen it the the theatrical cut probably since ninety five. So I would not be able to one hundred percent answer orders. I just know me and my friends sitting around after high school making fun of the sky, making fun of different things, and just going, "Man, the first one's so cool." How did they mess this up? Now, watching some more stuff, it's like, oh, I know how they messed this up, especially being an adult. It's like, oh, I see what happened. But, yeah, I couldn't remember exactly order sequence. Yeah, and quite a bit is supposed to be shaken up, too. So, yeah, that's... Even some weird yeah, without either editing. having the Wikipedia page. Anyways, we're going to talk about later some weird editing scenes we're going to... I think you guys might have an idea of what I'm talking about. So, can, can we talk about a farmer from the highlands of Scotland grows up and becomes a super scientist that creates the ozone, that creates a shield for the ozone? Like, how do you get from one to two? You, you never see, see him going to, school, uh, to college and studying. The leap in logic there... Is it so, so, the US, is I, supposed to be so much that he's the one that actually designed it or ultimately the, the one who financed its creation? He's like the Bruce Wayne of the film. The, the guy, Alan, was the guy who designed the shield. This might be... Yeah, but in, the, in one, yeah, he's rich, but he's not Bruce Wayne rich. He's not Tony Stark rich. I, there's just certain things that it's like, I don't... There's huge way too, and I'm here justifying the film. I like the movie, but if we're gonna nitpick, like seriously, like he shouldn't. Like I don't understand why they needed to make him involved. They could have had him save her, and she explaining that it's not, and then him maybe knowing someone and talk, but not that he was there when they turned it on, like. You're you're going too far. You didn't need to go that far. I can you can explain like, oh, he was he was a rich guy and knew the people building it. You don't have to have him in Maybe the room. That, perhaps they were leaning a little bit more heavily into his alien origins, and um, you know, I think because I watched the first Highlander film. I'm guessing. Uh, in the, because in the end of the film, after he gets the prize. He tells like what's it uh what's her name uh his wife the character uh, Brenda. Brenda yes he tells her like I can now hear everybody thoughts you know, I can help politicians scientists 
Maybe that's how he became a billionaire by using his price. I, I that's the only didn't explain that. It didn't ex- just. You're going too far. You don't need to go that far. But if you're going to go that far, ex- explain it, or don't go that far. It's not. It's not that hard. Yeah. Either go all the way, or don't. Don't half. Don't half go through. So. I think we should start, you know, recapping the film. So in the first film, we had, you know, Sean Connery's voiceover. He was like, he was talking about, you know, the high, the Highlanders, like the, the immortals, like they what's it, the gathering and their power, the quickening, and like he's, we we got a great narration. This movie's like, you know what? Let's go, uh, Star Trek Four uh, or in Superman Four trial. Let's start with environmental message. It begins with the with the word in the year twenty twenty four, like. The Earth ozone had got destroyed because of the pollution, and to come back, they launched a, a shield to protect the, the Earth from the solar radiation. But however, they're saying that people they believe that the the layer is already fixed, but people are keeping it a secret. Yeah, you're too young to remember this, but the ozone was a huge deal in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. People thought we it was just going to grow, and we were all going to die. So I at least give them credit for taking something that's timely and topical at that time. But mm-hmm. we had, a, they, I, I remember one day it was like, you can't use hairspray. Hairspray is going to kill the world. If you keep using hairspray. Is it after Batman 1989? Because, they, no. because they use joker. I, points. I, you understand the difference. Yeah, I get there. I get it. But no, it was serious. Like the ozone was a big, so I, I can. This is where it's. I try to give them credit. Like you're taking something that is actually at the time feasible, or people you could get people to believe it. But it's again, you're going halfway. Either go all the way or don't go. Yep, I feel like they could have. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there is so Sorry. much of this film. I got to put this out there just before I forget. There is so much of this film that wants to be Blade Runner so badly. Even the design so of, much the, of, it. of the triangle yes. pyramid. I was mind watching. It's like Z- I've been seeing scenes and throughout the film. It's like, wait a minute, did I just walk into the wrong movie? Because one scene turns into yes. Dune, Bat- then turns into Bat- Tim Burton's Batman, Star Wars, Blade Runner, and then once it was like, so is this now the Crow? <laughs> Seriously. I was like, wow, okay, so how many things are they going to steal from movies? It's like, you know, like watching like the end of Ronald Emmerich's Godzilla movie and turn, turns into aliens and Jurassic Park with these small Godzillas. Yeah. Right. I, I guess they finally did it. If you're going to steal, let's just steal all of it and bring it all here. So that was the one time they did go all the way. I will give them credit. They <laughs> did go all the way on the stealing. Yeah. Yeah, we still haven't even talked about the even in fact they stole Battlefield Earth and Back to the Future. <laughs> I will talk about what is happening. They even talk, you know, Warriors of Virtue for God's sake. They even talk bad movies for this film. <laughs> and so it opens like like I said with the tagline that Earth is covered to protect the Earth from the solar radiation. It opens like uh, with the opera and we see like a very older MacLeod watching the opera. Then we. We find out that he's starting to remember, and for some reason, it start. It, we get transported to the planet Doom. Oh, wait, was it Doom or was it Earth or was it Zyge? Zeiss, whatever the fuck it's called. 
It's supposed to be Zeist in the theatrical version, but it's supposed to be a far earlier yet more technologically advanced version of Earth um, in these flashback scenes. Sure. I just love the fact that when they uh, <laughs> do the establishing shot of the opera, you have the great big red neon opera sign that's reminiscent of the silver cup sign from the end of the original Highlander. Oh, right, the building. The inside shot, the panning of it was cool. You got to give, like, granted, my 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 nitpick of the scene. You can tell she's not actually singing. the The opera lady, her voice and is just a little off. It doesn't feel right to me. But once they pan away from her and they start doing the zoom dolly of the crowd, it, the filmmakers knew what they were doing. The the see yeah, like the, the camera work is so reminiscent of the original film. It's, yeah, yeah. And I actually you know, Google that's the deep the film's DP. It's the guy who did Casino Royale and The Mask of Zorro. Mm. Yeah, it just proves he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he, that makes sense because that was the same director that was Martin Campbell, right? Yeah. And he also did the Smurf, the live action Smurf film, apparently according to Wikipedia. I take back what I earlier said. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> oh, God. I guess sometimes you just got to take a movie yeah. for a paycheck. Like how Henry Mancini for his last I two guess. films. You sound like how, you know, Henry Mancini, the guy who did the Pink Panther score. For his last movie, it was the Bill Cosby. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, that's it. He also won an Oscar for one of his songs. He, his last film, do you know what was his last film, guys? No. Uh, was both, it Life Force? <laughs> no, no, that was because after Life Force he did Ghost a, Dad. Yes. Are go, you going to say Ghost Dad? Yes. Oh my. That's the one. The second. Do you know what's the second one? No. The anime Tom and Jerry film, the one where they speak. <laughs> oh, nobody remembers that film. All right. <laughs> no, I, I'm no. Yeah. But if he did go, I know we can't talk about Ghost Dad anymore, but. That is not a good movie. Yeah. Well, now especially because some scenes feels like you're watching a horror film, knowing what Cosby is about. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who directed Ghost Dad? Uh, he's God a help us. African American actor. He recently passed away. No. He's an Oscar winner. That's will help with Joe, I think. God. Um, they parodied him in The Lion King. What does Pumba say when he is when he when he attacks the hyenas? It's been so long since I've seen me, that film. He said, "They call me Mr. Pig." Oh, uh, was it Sidney Poitier? Yes, that's his last film. <laughs> Are like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He did Ghost Dad. Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ on his throne. Oh. <laughs> this made him stop directing films. <laughs> I mean, like, even a, yeah. one of the actors in this film, it's Sean Connery. I mean, his last films had has been what League of Story Gentlemen and Sir Billy. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what Ooh. Sir Billy is on another day. <laughs> 
I hope you enjoy. You're okay with all the revelation I'm telling you right now. Just we we have to start convincing people to stop two movies ahead. Like, <laughs> oh, you want to do two more movies? No, no, no. You're done now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cosby got Sidney Poitier because he had a good relation with him because he directed him in some of the movies. That's how he got him for Ghost Dad. <laughs> yeah. So where was I? So yes, we were, so we were talking about the opera scene, and he started getting flashback, and then he. You know, in this version, now it's just supposed to be like past Earth, and where it's very futuristic, advanced. And like I said, it feels like they just ripped off Dune because everything from the clothes design, the shape of the production, everything, even the cloth, even the the color of the desert too. Now, Joe, you've seen a David Lynch. Did it feel like David Lynch's Dune, or is it was it like more like the new Dune film? No, uh, uh, Villeneuve's and Lynch's are both far superior films. Um, but <laughs> um, as far as you know, the uh, overall costume design, I I would lean a little bit more towards the Lynch version. Yeah, because that came before this film, not mistaken, in the eighties. This one. Oh yes, uh, that was the film that uh, Lynch skipped out on uh, Return of the Jedi to direct. I mean, I think it's also for the good thing because I feel like if he would have made more like a David Lynch film. Oh yeah, a David Lynch Star Wars film. Um, I would be there for that absolutely, um, and very few other people. <laughs> and uh, so, in this flashback, uh, we see like Ramirez played once again by Sean Connery because it's funny because we're seeing like for the Scotsman he casted a French actor and for the Egyptian, uh, Spanish, they guess a Scotsman who actually wouldn't do an accent for his. Well, I'm pretty sure I've Not seen. Not even close. Yeah. Viewer thing, man. He's, Sean Connery showed up on set and said, I'm doing me. Yeah. That's it. Like even with Hunter Dr. You pay for Sean Connery, you're getting Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. Like he did with Hunter October. It's like, pay a Russian. It's like, I'll, I'll, you only get my Orsas uh, accent. <laughs> At least they talked him out of his ponytail and Hunt for Red October. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I don't care what anybody says. I fucking love Hunt for Red October. Uh, I think if one's, I guess it's the best Jack Ryan film. Mm, I like Clear and Present Danger quite a bit. Yeah. It's these two mostly when I'm hearing of positive people talk about. Uh, and also, you know, he also, what was it, Sean Connery? The Avengers also was in that Avengers terrible film. Oh. <laughs> yes um, need to stick with the old TV series because I yeah and, oh, and what was that, uh, that, 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 was, that John Borman film uh, that alien thing Zordas does it the one where he's wearing the red spear Zard, Zardas yes <laughs> it, which the my only connection to that is that there is um, I had a very old probably like original VHS copy of Aliens that I bought as a previously viewed copy out of the local small town video store growing up because I was obsessed with the (laughs) Alien franchise when I was a teenager. And I remember there was a string of Fox properties sci-fi properties that had all these little snippets uh, in the um, I think instead of trailers they were just showing like constant clips of all these. Oh, look at all these other great Fox sci-fi films. And yes, Zardoz was one of the films they decided to include in that along with uh, Enemy Mine. Um, 
what else? Probably Cocoon and Cocoon the Return. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tracy, we're old. We're so old. You're old. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how old I am. I'm still saying Mark's older than me. Just, just for the record. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah, I think we just give. Steps is going to be us giving more ammunition to Andy's and roasting. <laughs> I was going to say in the beginning of the episode, it's like, yeah. now since we mentioned it. Now, because one of the most infamous story about Sean Connery is him saying no to Lord of the Ring. And you guys remember that story? Like, they say that he actually, you know, was offered, you know, Gandalf to be in, in the Lord of the Ring film. He's like. I, I, he said no because you know he didn't understand it and he said that had he had taken uh, I'm trying to find because there was a, a month how much would he have I gotten he said he almost repented because he, he would have gotten a profit of like you know the box of he said him saying no he said he reported lost him about uh, 400 million dollars of box of his record and stuff for playing Gandalf even after the movie wow. came out, he was like, so how do you feel about losing his response? I was like, I've read the books, I've read the script, I've seen the film, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> but League of Story Entertainment, that's something I understand. <laughs> so, I, I got that. I got that. <laughs> but I mean, this is, I mean, he's already a billionaire. I mean, he played all this James Bond, the prophets he's been getting from in all the other films. I mean... He has the right to say no. I mean, he's a legend. If he say wants to say no, he has the right to say no. Four hundred million dollars is four hundred million dollars. Yeah. It's like for him, maybe it's like spare of change. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so what was that? Man? I can't believe we started talking about the ghost dad and what's it, League of Swords, gentlemen. <laughs> maybe this can be a good podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, we spent 20 minutes in my Batman Robin movie. I always mention this. 20 minutes in my Batman Robin film, me and Andy and the rest talking about bat nipples and butt cracks. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the majority of that film, so. <laughs> what the hell was Schumacher thinking? Okay, so you find out that he remembers about his past, um, um, and then the, oh God, whatever, man, feeling about from watching the documentaries, like he wanted to say Zeist. So, you find out that he, from his flashback, that that uh, the uh, the was it uh, Ramirez, he picks you know uh, my club to be like you know the the guy who's gonna lead the rebellions against General Katana, played by Michael Ansad, acting like uh, what's his name, like Gandis McFadden, Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> and then, so they ended up losing that rebellions, losing, and they get up captured. And this is, I think, is one of the biggest uh, retcons in the film that a lot of people do not like. Where you, they establish that, oh yeah, we're gonna send you. Now, correct me, guys. So, are they immortals in the past, or do, does the time travel makes them immortal? The way I understood it, it the time travel sends them, and that's why they can. That's why they have to chop each other's heads off. Yeah, because to be able to come back. But I, I could be misunderstood. Again, they did, if you're going to do something like this, make sure your audience under explain it. If you're going to have something weird, explain it. Yeah. Uh, another choice where they chose not to 100% explain it. Right. My headcanon is 
you get sent to the future, you become immortal, you have to chop everybody's got to chop everybody's heads off. There could be only one, and then you can choose to go back. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, Virginia Madsen has this great bit later in the film yeah. where she's trying to do like the dumbed down version of the exposition of, you know, basically the rules, right? Mm. Um, I, I tend to be of the camp that I like science fiction where they don't treat you like a fucking idiot. Yep. And they are, but they don't spell it all out for you. They just make sure that everything is very, very clear that you can glean everything that you need to just from observing and from just existing in the world. You know, it, are they going to spell it all out? No, but you should be able to pick up what's going on from what you're witnessing. I feel like this film fails pretty hard at that. Uh, as much as they do try to explain things, it's so convoluted. Yeah. And keep in um, mind, this is the cut that's supposed to be fixing the, the original cut. Well, the reason why yeah. I take it as they're, they weren't immortal in the past, because if they were immortal in the past, in the head, they didn't get become immortal by being sent to the future, there would still people be around when you're sending them to the future because you're immortal. So the the fact that they're not there, they get there, means they had to die off. Yeah. That's fair. That's, that's my head headcanon. I just... I, Let's either just explain it. You also so. have to remember... This movie is non-canon. We have to clarify for all people. This movie is not considered canon. <laughs> You can't imagine why. Um, I, I think you also have to consider that there are only immortal in so much that you know they won't die as long as their head is not separated from their body. Um, so, I mean, sure, those other people could have lived a very long life uh, from the you know ancient past onwards, but you know maybe there was just a lot of mass decapitations later on i i don't know um i mean the first they're all movie, part um, of the french revolution yeah. the yes exactly movie, that yeah. goddamn french revolution yeah. just did them all in yeah i mean uh, what was it ramirez says in the first movie is like it um it, you, you get very close because them for the gathering you get a feel energy like you, you have to be there you have to kill someone they, 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 that's why in the first movie they made the reason why they have to kill each other because of the of the gathering So let me see what we're talking about. Yep, it's Highlander Con. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing we have a two. But, Go ahead, but that makes sense. Like you're like you don't necessarily want to do it, but you're you're you know you're eventually gonna be forced to do it. And watching the first movie where they're like, Hey, this is what's going on, we got it, I'm gonna train you, but we can be friends because we know there's other ones out there. So eventually we're gonna have to battle each other but that like the the drawing the quickening like that kind of because that way you're not like oh i'm gonna go to the middle of nowhere and just live like you're you're being forced to do it like you have an itch you have a craving you have to do it that makes sense in the first one yeah but when you get to this point it really doesn't make sense like i'm not trying to be uh this is again i'm here to defend the movie 
but how does Sean Con- uh, how does Sean Connery know where he is? Like <laughs> he how did uh, I just just keep recap because like how did he get on the plane? You 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 see how he gets the suit, but he's got no more jewelry on him. How is he getting on the plane? Like uh, yeah, what kind of ID does he have? <laughs> how does he make it through the screening processes? He's on an international flight. It's not like he's just taking a puddle jumper from you know one part of Scotland to another. It's now, yeah. You mentioned the location. Uh, did you specify where this movie is set besides Scotland? It's supposed to be the United States, yeah. somewhere in the United States. And yet. <laughs> it's shot in Argentina for fudged regions. I always took it as because that's where the first one was, and it was obvious that yeah. one was New York. So I just assumed I oh, still living in New York. That makes sense. Yeah, like then. So we see him like they, they they get captured and they're about to send this now. Katana he wants them to be executed, but however the court said now we can send them to the to the future where they fight as immortals until only one of them left. Then they have to pick whether <laughs> whether they are actually they can stay up there and, and die at an old age or they come back. So when did did they come back as mortals or immortals? I don't know, but it's funnier when somebody else says it out loud. <laughs> And nobody's speaking. <laughs> they pulled the speak again. My head cannon is they come back. If he chose to come back, he comes back as a mortal because uh, not um, not a mortal as, uh, as a mortal. yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, because <laughs> again, if he was immortal. And he came back. He would still. It would just be a loop where he would eventually see himself. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I again. I'm here to. I'm here to defend this movie. So <laughs> I I, I'm here to it. have a good time and uh, probably be a little <laughs> bit of an asshole where this film is concerned. I mean, you're but, uh, well, I mean, you're having a good time because you already have a drink to drink. To, 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 well, that's the one it's thing very I've learned. necessary for this film. An hour into this podcast, I've learned the next time I'm on one of these, I'm setting it up on a day that I don't work the next day so I can have a drink also. <laughs> it, it may be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> God. Okay, so, so you've, so they get sent to the past and, and later, I'm not mistaken. Uh, before they get sent out, Ramirez tells him, like, if you ever need me, just call me. Even if I'm dead, just call me, I'll be there for you. So, The true uh, power of friendship. Yeah. Because, yes. I, because we forgot to talk about it. Because we see them, they, they, they use magic to connect with each other. Using their finger. Then he it, does the uh, goddamn Bible thing on his head. I don't know what's the magic Bible for whatever the... Uh, it's a shame this isn't a Queen song as well. Um... <laughs> The whole if I even if I'm dead, just call my name. You'll resurrect me. I I feel like there's a missing Queen son in here somewhere. I mean, they had the drama from the police score of the film. That's true. Yeah. I I saw that in the credits. I'm like, oh, Stuart Copeland. Okay. Yeah. So, so after that, you know, McLeod, he he wins, goes on. He starts to contact the scientist who built the shield, uh, Alan Newman, but he does not. I'm. While he was about to leave to his car, robbers tried to, to rob him, but then you see that it's my club, didn't they leave him. And then it cuts to the, the, the place where the, 
There's no, but it's, it's called shield control. So when you see people, it's the shield company, TSC. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not notice this. Yeah. Because of... it's on the sign on the building. Yeah. Well, it's just beyond beyond brand. What are we? We, oh, we yeah. make shield. a shield. We're the shield company. Yep. Who Absolutely. needs another shield it's, company? Yeah. We're the shield company. <laughs> Yes, yes. Tra- hey, Ohio if, if the Ohio State can trademark the word the, I sure shirt you not, everyone. <laughs> then I'm sure the Shield this. Company. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, you know. It's something. So you see like a group of people, um, they're masked, they're led by Louis, uh, who's Lois, that's her name, right? We're going to say Virginia Madsen. Yeah, I know we're going to Virginia Madsen. <laughs> um, no, it's actually took me a while until when, what is it, when this year I found out that she's Michael Madsen's sister. <laughs> because I found out when someone was reviewing, like, Dirty for the original Candyman, he mentioned, like, yeah, she, she's, she's Michael Madsen's sister. I did not know this. So, so they, they interfered, like, the, the cheap... The shield company, right? This a- oh, this is a good scene where they're sliding, where they shoot the wires and they slide down. And they, because I was, I was sitting there trying to figure out. I'm like, every time I've watched this, I'm like, why wouldn't you just slide down the read, water? Explaining the documentary. The, the documentary explains it. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But either way, this is a cool infiltration scene, like where they're sliding down. And I like how the the guy on patrol is like, what was that? And the other one's like, it was nothing. <laughs> he's like, I'm yeah. calling it in. And the other guy's he's turns he turns around and he's like, Look, it was a fish. Go back to work. Like you could tell they they're just like, whatever, no one's gonna attack us. We're the shield company. We're the most <laughs> important company on the world. Yeah. If that's the case, why is there so much security? Yeah. Like, why is there a cop, a, a security guard every five feet and cameras everywhere, but everybody's so nonchalant? But yes. again, this is a great infiltration scene. Yeah. And all the like, guards are dressed up like the um, guards from Spaceball, but in black. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have a unique look to their yeah. attire. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so the interface, so they, to, uh, so they, to, to, to see the reading about the about the ozone, and they find out that it's, it's giving them like a thing, it's, everything is normal, there's no radiation stuff. It's like, how can this be? But then they get detected, and uh, everyone gets killed with the exception of uh, Virginia Manson when she escapes. So after that, um, you see, like, what was it? Um, what's the name of Katana? He's watching my club, like, he's. And he's like, man, he's still dying. He's still like alive. But then the crew told him that he still hasn't picked his prize whether because he won, but he didn't say whether he wants to live or he wants to come back. And then what happens that? Um, yeah, I think there was a bit about how, you know, when he was sent to the future, um, he was sent without the knowledge that he had back in the past, something like that. Um, so he didn't exactly understand all the rules of the game. Uh, it was only the little bit that Ramirez had passed on to him, yeah. supposedly, uh, uh, that you know he understood as far as what was going on. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
and then he, Katana was like, man, you know, I have to stop him. And he sensed like two of his minions are. Is them is that? Is it? What's? It? I'm just going to two minions that look like the creatures from Battlefield Earth, but without them looking like John Travolta. To kill, yeah, they know, definitely had like the porcupine quill thing going on, and um, they it was like something out of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, I got very Return to Oz, the the flying monkeys vibes. Yeah, or or maybe the wheelies. Um, okay, yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, just yeah, the right there with dreaming, you. laughing. Yeah, like. We are something out of a film that you would have really enjoyed in, you know, late grade school, junior high, somewhere around there type of vibe. Um, would you try to and we're going to be for this film? I don't know, but that sure felt like it with so. these two. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, we also find out that we see my cloud, he goes to a bar and we see like an Easter egg. They play one of the Queen songs on the jukebox, and then we also cut cuts to Virginia Mansion, where she's actually, you know, she gets announced to find my club at the bar. My club, and he's here watching the bar, and he sees the TV show to talk about the attack, you know, from the terrorist group led by Virginia Mansion on the Shield Company, it's a Shield Corporation area, whatever it's called. And he and he also comments like, "Man, that's a beautiful woman." Well, because there has to be a great love. There was a love interest in the first movie. You have to put a love interest into the second movie, or you're not going to get any girls to watch. That's 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 the '90s thinking. Yeah. <laughs> this is me being sarcastic. One, the, 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 the love interest they, they did it well, especially with his first wife Heather. That was a very emotional yes. scene when she dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they everything that they do really good in the first one. They hand fist into this one, and it does not work. Yeah, I mean the, the relationship between her, between him and Virginia Mansion is very rushed. Because what was I? Okay, so my club that he said he gets, a, you know, a woman confronts him, says it's your fault. Like you, you help finance the shield company. Now we can't see the sky. Everything you destroys it. But he tells her it was decided to save the Earth. Earth. I, mean, I don't know why it's pronounced Earth. And then she attacks him with a beer bottle. And then he notes that his injury is like his. Is healing by itself, and he's and he's getting suspicious. Like, oh no, there's more, you know, immortals like in, on Earth now, and they're coming for him. Can we talk about the new the new scene where they're where they were talking, and the the guys like they they try to take down the the shield, and it's very bad up there. Like, it's so bad up there. You you don't want to be anywhere. And it's like if. Especially in today's age, with as many conspiracy theories that go around, the moment my newscaster is like, no, 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 it is bad up there. No one's going to, it was so unbelievable. It's like, you could just sit there and say, hey, they put the shield up because the ozone was going to deplete and we were all going to get radiation poisoning and the shield's doing its job. You don't have to go because it's really, really bad up there. So maybe this really is like Blade Runner in so much that the only people left on Earth are the people that, uh, you know, for one reason or another, are not healthy enough to leave and become part of the off-world colonies. Um, You know, so basically the dumb ones, you know, it's all the dumb kids (laughs) left on Earth. Um, I just don't get why, like, 
again, like, why did someone think that was a good scene that we have to have the news anchor? Because when you watch the news anytime, they're not like, hey, there's a forest fire. And if you go towards the forest, if you go there, you're going to get burned. Like, they don't have to explain everything to you. They just overdid it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially later when they start stealing Robocop with their advertisements. Which actually angered me a lot, especially because I'm a huge Robocop fan. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. And then, oh, so, so McLeod, you know, he leaves and then he sees um, Virginia Madsen. He, she tells him, I need to talk to you. It's like, I don't talk with terrorists. And then he sees like that the two, like the monsters, um, I think their name is Corda and Reno, if not mistaken. They start attacking them and he, he fights them and then he defeats them. But one of them, I know he gets decapitated by the train and the other one using a wire and a sword to decapitate him. And did you guys notice that it's very, very plasticky when they were getting decapitated? Yeah. yeah I also noticed was... the tons of wires holding up the jetpack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, it's, it's a l- late 80s movie. There's going to be a lot of bad yeah. I noticed everything. also in the ending of the first movie, when he, after he defeats the, the Kurgan, but you can see one set, there's the wire on Chris Lambert when he's getting raised to, to, to get that, you know, the prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I also like um, in this scene where he's like, get the trash can. And yeah. She's like, okay. <laughs> she, she quibbles about it just briefly, but then she's like, nah, no, this is good. This is fine. This is my home now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what smelled the worst, old, old McLeod or the trash can. <laughs> um, so you know he defeats them and then he becomes like him back you know and immortal he also becomes young and then he screams for Ramirez and Ramirez he comes back and do you want to talk about it three successes you want to talk about that scene this scene though the the special effects the blowing up the cars the move this is another good scene the the decapitation yes that is that is that's bad but if I just put this down in front of someone and said, watch this explosion effect, most people were, and I'm like, this is from the late 80s. People are going to be like, okay, they nailed it. I want to see this movie. People will want to see what comes after this. No, you don't. I feel like, but- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Ebert's comment about this bit was something along the lines of, and it looks like somebody's standing in a puddle and sticking their finger in a light socket. Um, Keep in mind, Ebert gave a positive review for Spawn. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, it had a decent soundtrack. Come on. Yeah, that's the only thing about Universe agrees on. So, hey, so, do you guys want to talk about Ramirez getting resurrected? So he gets resurrected. Well, you got the play scene, and I the one thing I don't get about the play scene that I kind of like, but it's like, how do you not realize you're on stage sooner? There, I don't he's know. doing. Uh, was was Shakespeare well, alive we're, when, when the, the, the the no past... Shakespeare would have been like a couple of centuries after. Some... Um, you know, Which, the, the I, I get that he doesn't get the play, but. It takes him like 30, 40 seconds to realize, oh, there's an there's audience. An audience. Yeah. yeah. Ramirez is, should be smarter and cooler than this. He was much smarter and cooler than this in the first movie. 
and you're introduced mm. to him here if you didn't see the first movie as him like how does he not realize there's a hundred people watching him especially when they start laughing because he's being silly that's it one then still takes him a second after seeing the first movie seeing this like man you turn him into a comic relief <laughs> and yeah and part of this I feel like they, they, they're sitting in Scotland because I feel like because you know He's very proud of his heritage as Sean Connery as Scottish. So people like, hey, you know what? We'll bring some bagpipes. We'll make this set in Scotland just to make you happy. <laughs> so he sees, and that's a problem. That's a real sword he takes with him. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, because they bags it for him when he goes to the plane. <laughs> All right, so after that, you know... <clears throat> He, he leaves. You have to remember, this is in a world with no 9-11, so you could take, probably pro, could get away with taking a sword on the plane. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because later after that, we see, like, my cloud, he goes to Lewis, and out of nowhere to start making out. And then, if you see them... <laughs> oh, as soon as he becomes young, they have sex. Yeah. Like, like, instantaneously. Yeah, up against the wall in an alley. Yeah. I was like, okay. I, I, I don't understand how... It, the writers think, oh, the she, she's just down. As soon as he becomes young, oh, it's go time. They I mean, had no interaction before. They talked for maybe ten minutes. The only conversation was like, hey, can I talk? And he tells her like, terrorist is a bad business. That's that's their yeah. discussion. <laughs> now I'm going to become young, and you're going to want me, and we're just going to right here in this in this alley. Yeah. Not even wait to go home. And, and not a clean alley. It's not. It's it's not like some futuristic clean alley. No, it's six feet away from the dumpster she was hiding in. Yeah, keep in mind in one in previous shot, you see like a guy. He's actually looks like he's sexually assaulting a woman. The one the shot. Who, when he was oh driving. yes, yes. When he's driving the car, yeah. the 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 limp limp lady that's just kind of being tossed around. Yeah. God, I missed that. That was probably oh. the part where I was watching this on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, she takes him to her lab. This is where we get the part where she, where she explains them about so the, the mortal thing that we were trying to explain. And then she tells him, like, she believes that the ozone layer is already, oh, sorry, that it's already fixed and that the company is, like, is keeping it a secret because, because they're trying to profit from it. And she wants him like to help him because he's actually had the hand creating the the shit that's like, I need your help, you know, in this finding this whether this is true or not. And then it cuts to like Ramirez, he's walking in the city of Scotland, bagpipes being played behind him, and now when from that play he he gets interested in the word shithead. And then later you see him walking the street, he sees the right. was it the TV, and then a guy comes he tells him what dude. Something yeah, it tells him he's got some cool threads and he's like, thanks, shithead, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's, it's his new catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, they're trying to make the next you're the, you're the man now, dog. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> <laughs> um, because so that's that. He enters the shop and then he tells him, like, hey, you know, I want you to help me get me a suit. And then he just gives him a necklace and I was like, was that a diamond on the necklace or was... I mean, I it was a giant pearl. 
Yeah. Is it really that expensive? It's a very pretty woman scene, though, where they're trying to kick him out. Like, no, you you don't belong here. You need to leave. And then he pulls his pearl out. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's take care of everything. It's very pretty woman. And I know this mm-hmm. before pretty woman, but it's very pretty woman. Yeah. Someone yes. should, yes, you know, should edit this and have the pretty woman song by Tom Jones play when he... <laughs> So you see, very much would oh, make Roy Orbison. Yeah, don't yeah, don't don't get Americans after you, yes. Roy Orbison. Okay. So <laughs> So let me see. Uh, yeah, he gets sued and stuff, and then they tell him, Hey, do you want us these these are the guys who hook him up with the plane tickets? And I do like it's like when he's flying the plane chunk on it as he gives the reaction, it's like well, I think what everyone saw the film was like, What the hell is this shit? His face. That's back to the screen well, the, the phone. <laughs> the the worst safety video of all time. Oh yeah. The, the, oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah. straight from Robocop. That's what I meant. You you would never put that on a plane. Like, oh the, the here's a plane crashing and exploding. <laughs> like, this is I it's almost like it's trying to be a parody of itself in this instance. Yeah, uh, I forget what airline had the really funny um, uh, pre-flight videos. Was it um, like Virgin America or one of those? Oh, yeah, the one where Greg Miller did a dance to the thing. Yeah, Virgin America because they merged with the last. It had to be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like that's where they – this film is where they get a lot of their inspiration for those. Yeah. yeah, uh, but you're right. It's very, very RoboCop um, in some of the best Paul Verhoeven ways. At least he gets to sit to a hot, sexy woman beside him. He stops flirting with her. <laughs> now, yeah, they have I a very nice flight if together. They hooked up. If, if they hooked up after five minutes, I would believe this. Not the scene before where McLeod hooks up. Sean Connery pulls this off. I mean, that's Sean Connery. He's James Bond. He's supposed to be smooth. Yeah. I suppose. Hell, if he was yeah. flirting with me about having brown hair, I, I, I would, I feel like, let's go to the laboratory real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fun fact about uh, that woman, I think she's in real life, she's met to, I think, that special effects guy. And because he said in the documentary, like, that's how I got introduced to my wife. She got, she was getting flirted by Sean Conn in this scene. And she's an Argentinian, <laughs> I think, actress. It, it would be imp- it would be impressive to be able to ask a girl out after she just spent ten minutes flirting with Sean Connery. How how big of a how big do you have to be? They're like, I know you were just flirting with Sean Connery for a little bit, but do you want to go out with me? Yeah. So um, so my so my class actually he's, he after he he we later cuts to my club and was it a Virginia messenger talking. He, I th- he describes sort of like how actually, you know, you know, about how his life on earth was described before they created the shit. He was, t- he tells her about it. And then it's cuts to, you know, Katan, he's watching the video, like his men henchmen, he feels it's like, it looks like I have to do, he pulls the thang, it looks like I have to do it myself. And he travels back to the past. And boy, man. Well, yeah. So how good is their tech that they can be in the <laughs> ancient past watching videos of the future? Um... Sure, it's almost like real time too. And apparently, like, oh man! And apparently, for what I've it's, read, there was actually I think an unused scene where 
it turns he's watching him with my cloud fighting the Kurgan and it turns out that in originally in the script the Kurgan was actually a henchman from, from sent by Kitana to kill to, uh, to kill was it um my cloud that was like the original thing to do mm. and then I think was it Clancy Brown said no I don't want to appear in this film that they removed it from the film that actually would have helped Clancy. That scene, though, would have made at least make it would have tied one and two together more than what it is now. Yeah. 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 So, and boy, man, when, when I mentioned that he's acting like Gandis, Gandis, I don't know his actor's name, he was in Braveheart, Robert the Bruce. Wasn't Gates Mac? Uh, whatever. The guy who played Robert the Bruce, like, he was in a movie called Warriors of Virtue, but he was overacting his ass in that film. My, Michael Ironside as what's his name Katana in this film he's practically trying to become him but he's at least subtle and boy does he overact his ass in this film right after he gets the, the mortal power he he's definitely trying to is. live up to the Clancy Brown character I think Man, he's trying Clancy Brown, <laughs> for what I'm saying he was not overacting he felt like he's scary and menace in the first film I mean, yeah he, and that's some, what I think Michael Ironside is trying to evoke and i've read actually what happened with his overacting he actually read the script he said yeah it was bad and i was like i almost want to play like a barbarian character like swordsman i was like you know what i'm just gonna enjoy it i'm just gonna overact for acting this film he admitted like yeah i was overacting it on purpose he's a lot of the late 80s villains he's he's over the top he's so He's supposed to be over the top. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and again, like it, Robocop, he is very much another yeah. Clarence Boddicker. Yeah. Yeah, but as you talk about them, I think maybe they are overacting these films, but at least you felt them like they were some menace to them. These guys, they're not. They're just like, they're yes. crazy. Yeah. Yes. And, and so is the other guy. We will talk about him later, John C. McNeely. Um, I swear to God, he's trying to act like Jim Carrey throughout the film. Okay, so. Yeah, I read this bit about how um, he was trying to do this uh, Orson Welles. voice reminiscent of Orson Welles. Yeah, and wow, did that not pay off the way that he was attempting yeah. it. Mm, not in any way I'm like, okay, let's hear the deep voice I just read about. Now that's it? Okay, fine. <laughs> maybe he was trying to, maybe he became, was like, you know what, I'm going to become Jim Carrey instead. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was watching Jim Carrey acting. Maybe the deep voice when, I, when he dies, the ending scene. That's what the deep voice was. Speaking of Jim Carrey, I just saw one of his earliest film roles the other night in uh, The Deadpool. Oh, He's I, I the first victim yes. in the final Dirty Harry movie. <laughs> yeah, Liam Neeson is actually the film's director, the, the guy who plays the director in yes. the film. Oh, that's a cheesy ass dirty hairy movie. Yeah. Um, Getting off track. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, we already went off track with mentioning your ghost dad. A little bit. Yeah. So, what was I, so I was talking about? Oh, yeah. So, Katana, he crashes in a man. He transfers, he, like a rocket, he, he crashes down the earth and then he turns a subway train. He attacks a guy, he steals a jacket, and he sees a kid. It's like, Hey, do you want to drive a train? Because I also wanted. And then he started driving it. 
this scene takes off for stays for very long. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep turning it up to speed. I'm gonna keep turning it up to speed. It's like you didn't need any of this. Even in any cut. What what was the point? Just to show how bad he is? I don't need this to show. So. You might as well have just had a baby there and have him take a piece of candy from a baby. This this is the same thing. And then it just the train goes off rails and crashes through and everybody else is dead from the speed. How, how mm-hmm. I understand he's immortal, but how is he just standing there where everybody else is being thrown to the back of the car like we're going Mach 18 or something? This this scene did not need to be in the film at all. Yeah, because it, was, it stayed very long. You could have had this way too long. You could have had just hey kid, you go drive the train and you have left and you see like the aftermath, you see like a train crash, something like this. Yeah, this is like them trying to um replicate the Clancy Brown carjacking the person and driving around like crazy in the yes. first film. Um the first one Look at me, look how evil I am. Again, just there there was a baby already in that scene. Just have him take some candy from it and you can show us your evil. You don't have to might maniacally laugh while you literally crank a knob to to go from forty to four hundred miles per hour or whatever it was trying to imply. Another good Step on the baby if you have to. We just didn't need it all. Yeah. <laughs> Another good example of overacting which is what worked for was Gabby Urban at end of days. Because that actually worked well for him because mostly because I think he was he's being the devil, he's being a dick in the film. <laughs> Alright, um so after that McLeod now he started to he took to go back to the company's office and to meet uh what was what's it uh Alan uh Newman that the scientist who designed the shield and it's funny enough that nobody actually recognized why why McLeod looks younger. So he's supposed to be like he's very recognizable guy. I think there's like a comment about you know maybe he you had a little great. work done, yeah, or something like, like you that. Look yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. He goes on said he meets up the with Alan Newman. And you see like the flashback. Did you see like how the, when he first launched the shield? It's like that was a great time. He tells him like we we have it wasn't said to do with it. Then we see him like typing in the computer like, but unknown to them like um. That's John C. McNeil's character, David Blake. Who's actually is he the acting CEO of the company? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he actually is, is spying on them, and he's already seeing like what he's writing on the keyboard. He tells them like the the the, 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 the radiation is off, everything is normal, and he tells them like go to this location to outside uh, the ship to see like to see it for yourself. Yeah, but he's only able to type out half of the location before. Uh... John C. Yeah, the big oh, daddy walks the, in there. The location, yeah, because I was wondering, why did he mention two locations? That, then that's why. Yeah, you need both uh, latitude and longitude. Yeah. I don't know why I did but this. It, it's supposed to be this and this. this, this. But the one thing that bothers me about this is he comes in and he's like, oh, it's my friend Mc, uh, McLeod. And he's like, oh, I always, I, I always forget you're not dead. He looks great. If anybody should notice that he looks fantastic, it should be the bad guy of the film to go, hey, I thought you were old. What the hell? Right, right. Also, Especially he, when maybe he's a bit of a reckless and at the, this point. At the beginning of the film, remember, McLeod, he sees Alan, he shakes his hand on the opera, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. they wave at each other yeah. from across I mean, the, did uh, not the audience. Him yeah, being old? 
Eso. It's dark. They're all in shadows. Yeah. Okay. But they had they had the verbal the verbal sparring of I know you know you know I know now type thing. Yeah. And yeah. He should have been like, he, at that point in time, he should have been like, okay, let's circle the wagons. Someone's on, like, not only is someone onto us, but someone that's integral to what's going on now knows. He's been away. He now knows. I need to circle the wagons more. Yeah. And he, he's just like, ah, whatever. It's a fish. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And of course, I mean, I- the next thing, of course, I think nothing big happens. You see, what's his name? Akitana. He 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 goes on a cab, and then he drops into the location. He starts harassing him, and then after that, you see, like he takes up a building. He's like this is gonna be my new headquarter. And then, and after that, we see. Mike, oh yeah, and he starts messing with the cabbie. Yes, that's the guy. He tells him, "Keep it on my cab." Yeah. And I feel <laughs> Put sorry it on my cab. I feel sorry for the. Don't cabbie. they mess with a cabbie in the first film too? I, I swear to God. Yeah, I think I think the bad guy. It's very much. The, yeah, he, because, yeah. He crashes his car. I think when he's when he's driving Brenda. Like at the end of the, he plays chicken. Remember, you see some cabs. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, also, since we got the first movie, there's no mention of Rachel, the girl who made adopts from World War Two. There's no mention. Oh of yeah, who. Yeah, who eventually becomes like his uh, housekeeper or whatever once she gets older. Yeah. And sad thing was I was reading hmm. about the actress, like, she actually, you know, I don't know which uh, Highland movie she did. It was the last movie. Then she had to retire because she had to lose it, lost her eye from cancer. Then sadly, a few years later, she passed Ooh. away. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sad to hear this. So after he messes up with the Cappy and Katana... Uh, he actually, you know, we mentioned, like, you mentioned, one thing I didn't mention is, like, he's close, like, I don't know, he said he looks like Gets McFlower, whatever that guy's name from Boys the First, but he also, they're trying to make him look a bit like between Darth Vader, but his clothes feels like he's wearing, looking like Luke's, Luke's clothes from Return of the Jedi, if you notice it. So we we cut later to see McCloud, he's standing over his wife's grave, and then we find out why he helped create the ship because his wife was one of the people the victim from the solar radiation and she tells him they have to help she tells him to help the people right yeah we get this flashback to her on her deathbed in this solar radiation ward that looks like several football fields and wow the image quality is not good in this scene uh and i mean some of the scene i don't know if you yeah was some of the you guys noticed that the quality looked like it, the resolution got dropped low? Yeah. It's some oh, yeah. Scene, some of the scenes felt like this. Or because later, anyway, when he's after he has the flashback, Katana, Katana, because, because I, I'm thinking of also the Mortal Kombat character, that's how they pronounce her name. So, you know what? I'm just going Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside, he comes in to meet up, you know, my clown, he tells him, like, He's here to finish the job, and then he to, to, um, we want to fight each other. Then McLeod even tells him, "It's like it's your fault. Everything began because I already accepted my fate. I was gonna die on, on an old man, but you had to send these two people and ruin everything." 
Because you wouldn't like the idea of having seen me alive. He did. He's he didn't he he seemed like he he started just trying to you know harass him, and then he starts he steps on his wife, and then he starts to fight him. It's like remember the rule, no fight on holy ground. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know, as, as as the entire series, what officially consider is considered holy ground. In like, the, is it what religion? Does Scientology count? Does yeah, um, yeah. What if you're one of these immortals, but you know you're what an if atheist? You're a, what, I mean, a cult leader. Does it count? Yeah. Did did. <laughs> Could they have gone to the compound that Jim Jones was running? And yeah, and Diana. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would count as holy. That's that's the that's my one problem. If you're gonna have a rule, you need to explain what the rule actually yeah. entails. It's like holding up religious iconography to a vampire. Well, what if that vampire didn't subscribe to that particular faith before they were a vampire? Is that going to do anything to them? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the holy ground thing. I also find interesting because they seem to come from a time before uh, many of these religions would have even existed or have been even a you know glimmer in someone's yeah, eye. I mean, and, was, um, because in the first movie, they say he was like 2,000 years old. Like his, his sword, like he even said, he'd been living for over 2,000 years. And then 2,226 mm -hmm. years old. I understand. Yeah, I get the point. I get the point that they need to have a a neutral meeting ground. Sure, but it's it's one of those things that it's like, well, what if you just pick holy like holy ground because no one's going to question it. But there, you could have picked something else, like a oh yeah, like a a playground, some a, a school. There could have been another. Yeah. Uh, meetings of certain magnetic fields or uh, some other more scientific bullshit, which yeah, I could have bought a lot more for, you know, yeah, as opposed to religious reasons. They always say it's the neutral place. Sweden or Switzerland? Uh, Switzerland. Yeah, to go to Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Um, so after that, then we cut to Lewis now. She ain't like because it never because like the first movie he has a trophy room full of his like his history and collectible stuff and then she goes inside she sees like a football and a, a book diary of his of a ship called the Rosemary is this not your ship? I don't know. I don't remember Google, but then she sees I think if I'm not mistaken a a painting of that was his first wife right. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be a painting of Heather. Yeah, because she looks different than the actress who played her in the first film. I don't know if that's the same actress or not, because I did not recognize Mostly because that actress, she was, she was blonde in the film, if you guys remember. It didn't look like she was a blonde person or not. So after that, um, was it just one painting or two paintings? I think there was multiple paintings yeah, in there. Because, because later she asked him, oh, who is the other person? He says, that's my la last wife. So, um, yeah, it was my first wife and my my last wife. Yeah. Um, so after that, my club, he heads to the location to fight, you know, Katana. But then they go upstairs, like, 
on the elevator to the roof and they start fighting now interesting enough i was reading about apparently this fight and the final fight in the film they say in the theatrical they edit them together like people with some that knows that yeah did you read about I read that? about that too that's weird that's so weird that they would have made that choice for the theatrical uh, that cut. was the bonding and company not the, the directors and stuff just like they didn't know what the yeah. they were doing by talking about your studio interference that's just that was- so odd and and you, you're probably right it's probably okay we are out of money finish this fucking movie just do it and, and apparently they didn't yeesh. even 100% finish the film after they wrapped in, uh, in Argentina. I think they were supposed to do some reshoots and start some additional photography. But then they, they because yeah. after they came back from Argentina, they, because the bond company took the film from them. Well, one of the scenes in this film was literally filmed right before they started shooting three years later. The, the chase scene in the desert was filmed much, much later like years later because they're like we need this scene honestly i don't know if they needed the scene but, but they did shoot it better. years later it was better than the train scene i will tell you this it was actually a ripoff <laughs> of the terminator you know car chase with him fighting with them i was thinking more raiders of the lost ark but you know <laughs> close but enough this is a turn because he, he crashes inside member i inside the positive from terminator one mm-hmm yeah, because on board side. Oh, yeah, so they start fighting, but however, he throws, if I'm not mistaken, um, does McLeod jump on the elevator or does Katana throws him? Yeah, he hops on top of it, but I think Katana, like, cuts the cables or something like that. But we get that great shot of McLeod all twisted up and everything after the elevator crashes. And now he has to basically snap his body back into place because, obviously, he's not dead. He's going to heal, but still, he's kind of broken, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually kind of like that. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, if it's this fight scene or the later fight scene now. I think it's this one. Um, I've read apparently Christopher Lambert. He told him like, "I don't want to fix. I want real sword." And if you guys don't know about Chris Lambert, he's actually blind. If he can't see without glasses, and he doesn't like to wear contact lenses. So most of the time, you see him acting. He's actually Jesus Christ. He's actually blind. So I so let's let's stick a real sword in this guy's hand. <laughs> him and what's his name, Mark Ryan, because they did most of this. All the stunts were them to, to get. They were doing it. So they were fighting, and apparently they got injured. I, I think he, he hit, I think, Mike Reinstein in the face, and Chris Lambert, I think, he, he on his finger. I don't know if it, he, I think he injured his finger. After that, it's like, hey, plastic swords, no real swords after that. I forget. A lot of stunt swords, uh, what is it that they're called? Like spring foil or something like that. <laughs> and you can usually tell in most films when people are fighting with them because there is quite a bit of flex to them. Um yeah, um, you just didn't see a lot of that in this, even so a, that's extra I've, scary. Yeah. Yeah, because even this, Let's be honest, they could afford fake swords. They could only afford real swords. <laughs> real swords are cheaper than fake swords. <laughs> Probably are. <laughs> I even oh, read, I, wasn't, I don't know if Joe or Tracy, you guys remember the first Street Fighter film, the scene where you see Ryu, he's playing with the sword. With the knife, that's actually a real knife. And when he threw, he said he had to time it very or else it would have attacked, killed the guy who plays. You know, what's the guy's name? It's the guy with the mask from I don't, Vega. Yes, Vega. Okay. Yeah, he would have killed him if he didn't time it well. 
Oh shit. So, so he actually, you know, after Katana defeats him, but he doesn't kill himself. We meet again. I mean, McLeod, he he travels um into to to his house, and he and Virginia Madsen, she sees him. She sees him, and then they start talking about his ex-wife and. But they were talking with my club, if I'm saying he senses like there's someone else and Morton in the house. We don't know who he is, but we let me find out it's actually Ramirez. They start fighting, they get they get reunited together. And I will let say this actually scene Chris Lambert and Sean Connery looks like they were having a great time to acting together in this scene. A fun scene. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this bit. Really nails the feeling of two old friends getting back together. Yeah, because for what I've read, oh, they absolutely. loved working together and Christopher Lambert, when he told me he, wanted, he was actually excited about the idea of Sean Connery coming back because, and apparently Virginia Madsen, she said like one of the reasons she signed on to this part was because he found out that Sean Connery is coming back. Because that's how most sometimes actors when you hear, oh, I signed this project because it's a certain actor. Because that's happened with Street Fighter. Most of the people who got involved was like, oh, Raul Jr. is in the movie. I was like, this must be something good. Right. <laughs> yeah. So after that, if they get you know, to get back to get that and to catch up, um, David, uh, you know, he actually captures you know, Alan. He tells like, I already know you told MacLeod you're, you're helping him trying to expose the truth. I'm having you arrested and send you to... Everything you type on this little computer gets printed out in my office. Yeah. That's actually Jesus, sounds that's, like... That's a that's, shit ton of paper. That's, that's what I'm mistaken. It's every office. Isn't this every office like they, they monitor the computers? Especially these mm-hmm. giant corporations. Well, and then he has starts having a meeting, and and of course, Katana has to crash in, and he's like, "Hey, hey this is my meeting, yeah. not yours." He kills like the guy who kills him with the gun. Yeah, I love how he just rips that guy's jaw open, and the, just very slowly too. He takes his time with it. Yeah, he has to show you how evil he is. Yeah. You have to see he's enjoying it. Yeah. And, at least if oh, it was Clancy Brown, he would have stabbed you and hold you up with the roof like he did with that, <laughs> that um, gun fanatic. Because it's, I think it's, that's supposed to be a reminiscent of that of that scene when he gets shot with Katana. Maybe. Yeah, because... Maybe. Yeah. No, I, there's I a lot of scenes of a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot of scenes in this film of very bullet-riddled bodies getting up and walking around quite a bit yeah um it's one thing i appreciated the old movie they use squib instead of cg blood and god bless borver hoban and that scene with, from robocop with the malfunction scene that's still actually one of my best uses like of squibs in a film i don't see words i talking about oh yeah oh yeah um so this end i was it david sends alan to to supermax that's it right and then, but the Virginia message he notifies them at club and remits like they send like you know Alan to 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 Supermax and like he said that we have to go home to find the the, the exact location where where we have to go to find about the about the evidence about that there's the ozone la- layer is safe. So they decide you know to McLeod and Ramirez decide to drive in to crash into the the prison before right there where this where Ramirez says hit it dude. Should this be like a catchphrase, or would you just stick with your demand now, dog? <laughs> hit it, shithead. He said shithead or hit it, dude? 
He said, no, he says hit it did. Yeah. 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 But, but sure earlier in his catchphrase was shithead. Yeah. But it would have been a better callback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or he would say, you hit it, dog. <laughs> That's a callback for you're the man now, dog. Yeah. Callback <laughs> from the future, <laughs> which is perfect for this film yeah. if they had managed to pull that off. Yeah. Um, also, do, do you mention that this film is supposed to be set in 2024 and we're now in 2022? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the future is going to happen to us now. <laughs> well, it would have had to start in 99. Unfortunately, we were, we're, yeah. we're fine now. Okay, Fine-ish. So. Let's be fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're saying getting... I'm just saying the ozone is better. It, it, the ozone's better. That's yeah. better. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they crash into the prison. They get sh- br- brutally shot by, by the assault rifles. And then they open the truck, they hear sound, but you see Virginia Madison is like, oh, I'm a hostage. And they send both the her and the body to the infirmary. And, and it's like, they ca- uh, how much did you say? 118, did you say? Or how much? If I'm not mistaken, you know, they say, it's like, because I know the minutes, like, he, I got more. It's like, do you count this as a bullet hole? That's a scratch. <laughs> they, yeah, that's a flesh wound. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so they, they, they punch the guards, steal, steal their clothes. And they separate to find you know, Alan. Well, unknown to them, like Katana and David, they're already spying on them. They find Alan. He tells them like the, the full complete location, but he's already brutally tortured and he dies from his injuries. And then after that, it goes into the, the, the inside the room, and David traps and he inserts the fan. And now they say that the only way for them to die is if they get decapitated. How did Ramirez die in this scene? I using the quickening like the fucking force? I don't know. It was weird. And also, he he plants his katana in the ground under this fan. And McLeod and Virginia Madsen whose character, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. She'll always be Virginia Madsen. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Virginia Madsen. Um, They exit out the door that I I must have missed something, how he was able to like slow the fan. But I don't know how the door. Yeah, and I don't know how the door was opened up. Of Chi hacked, I, I missed think, that somehow. Virginia Madsen. Okay, so he bought them time. Yeah. That's what it was. But they don't really show McLeod grabbing the katana from him. Um, I think, because I don't know he if gets it back There's an for some for of these this. final scenes. Uh, I don't know if it's actually, I don't know if it was in theater because you might help me, Tracy, but they say that there's a deleted scene where, uh, because, where you see him use magic to bring back the katana. I do not remember that, but that's what I I've heard. Not, I would not disagree I mean, with it. The quickening just becomes this catch-all for look yeah. at this cool shit we can do, as opposed to just the, I yeah. guess, life force that keeps them immortal. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Um, so, so they so they but, escape and so what's it? Uh, McLeod and Virginia Madsen they they escape inside of the truck, and then. Katana's like I'll do this. He jumps on. They they, they see him in the truck and they drive drive over him. But on them he's already you know he hanged up to the truck, 
And this thing that's like you said, just the one where they had to reshoot it because they I think it's like four years or two years. It I don't was know, right but before. It definitely looks. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was right before they started shooting three, so I would say probably two is ninety one, three was ninety four, so probably two two years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty noticeable that they are very much different vehicles at different times in this sequence. Because um, the, the vehicle they drive off in does not look like the vehicle that drives away at the end of this chase scene. Yeah, because you see if I'm... And that's actually I feel it's a good, another good action sequence between my Michael Ironside and Christopher Lambert. They're fighting. And of course he throws them away from the truck. After they drive away, they hit to find reach the location that Alan gives them. And then we see, like, what's it, uh, Ketan and David, they're talking. It's like, then where do you have to know where he's going? He said that he please might be, you know, coming to the shield. And and he was, he seemed like he he mocks him, right? He mocks uh, Ketan and he's like, man, he fucked you over. Then he's like, he looks at him and he grabs him by the balls and he throws him away. And correct me if I don't know. Did, did you guys, the version you guys saw, was it just in badly edited? Because you see, like, John C. McKinley's talk and Mike Rance are talking, and they're, but they're using different shots where they're not talking. I don't recall. I just remember a great shot after he hits the ground outside where, you know, he's still it's dying and like is, you know. You see him like he's talking, and then you see the same way you see John C. McLean, he's speaking, he's turning his head like this, and they edit. We see him like he's. Oh, I always just assume when that happens, it's my TV buffering or something. Even I, I always like, just take it off my head. Even I was like, so it's like, wait, I had to re- rewind this scene multiple times. It's like, wait, is this my internet or is that is that the scene? It's like, it sounds like they badly edited this scene. So he kills. It would like, not. It's- it would not doubt me that it was badly edited. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I would not put it past uh, this film. Yeah. So the, he kills David, and then what was it? McLeod and and Lewis they they hit back inside the the shield room to destroy it, but he sees like Kitan and he start they start fighting each other, and of course McLeod he successfully defeats defeats him using, with using like Ramirez Kitan that he that he had, and he gets his like his quickening. And uh, this is like the part confused because if I'm not mistaken, Kitana and McLeod were the last two mortals. So if he kills them, it means that McLeod, he becomes a mortal. How did he survive the shield? Does it mean that he still had the quickening? I mean, it's the answer that they give over and over throughout this film. Because the quickening. Yeah, because he actually well, steps inside the shield red and he blows it up. Mm-hmm. That's why it's hinted that he usually... He, w- he would get the choice of becoming mortal. Yeah. And if he doesn't choose, then maybe he's immortal? Because, because I thought... <laughs> what are the emoji? <laughs> because I thought that he became immortal in the beginning of the film because they sent the two like minions after him. That's why he became... I mean, this movie is all over the country, so he blows up the the shield. You see them like they're walking outside. They make out while Sean Connery is narrating. What does he say? 
something. I don't recall. Uh, I think this is a better way because at the end the film ends. Thankfully, like they didn't use like the uh, the alternate version. I saw Tracy where she tells because the original was supposed to be him driving to that planet. He tells he goes to the sky. He's like, "Come join me. Let's go to to planet Zeist." Please join me for an ice cold Zeist. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah. I. I don't know how they could make this movie worse, <laughs> but they did for the UK. So this is this explains a lot about Mark. If they thought this would make sense in the UK, this is, explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I actually read because when they because they had different companies investing in the film. The, the UK investor is like, hey, you know what? You guys can have more creative control on what you do than what you get getting in the US. That's how the the edit. I mean, I think it's it's a little bit similar what they want, but they kept this ending. But then when they did Renegade God, the first thing is like, we're removing the plans stuff because everyone hated it. We're not gonna keep it. Well, people were just over the top offended by it, and for good reason. They took everything that was established in the first film. Let's just throw this shit out the window. No, they're fucking aliens. It's it's because aliens. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's so, um. So that's Highlander too. Yeah. That's a fascinating history when you find out about both the the film and the behind the scene camera. I mean, I don't know if it, because the last time something like this I heard about this was with this Justice League movie where they how the studio changed the film. But do you guys consider it similar to the Justice League scenario with the film? I think it's less because of budget reasons that that film ended up the way it did. Um, uh, but mostly because of Justice League, because they want yeah. to look like Marvel instead of a DC film, like the Zack Snyder thing. I think this is 100% budget, where that is changing concepts in the middle of what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God this is no longer canon in the Highlander timeline. So, <laughs> so the I, happiest people about that are my kids because I won't make them watch it. Yeah. Because I did make my youngest two watch this last year after Kadena got sent home from Florida. We were hanging out one day and I'm like, we're watching Highlander. <laughs> and they're like, huh? And I'm like, we're going to watch this. Yeah. Quaid's like, okay, cool, swords. We're, we're down. Kadita's <laughs> like, there's not enough rodents in it because she's a Chippendale fan. Yeah. I won't be surprised if you show the Robocop fan and she ends up loving it. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both this and Robocop fee had jetpacks. How the hell do you make Robocop and, also true. and the Robocop and with the jetpack look bad? A lot of visible wires that's that's where you start i mean i just saw it was a doctor strange too and that had a jetpack and that looked good but then this had cg and, Mar and marvel money <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I underball went... had a jetpack and that looked better it also had sean connery <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> we're gonna talk jetpacks we have to talk the rocketeer Oh yeah, that. that oh yeah. The film that was, is a fun movie. Yeah, 
Unfortunately, I had to check on Disney Plus down available in my country. I don't know because of it's a Disney different streaming service. Because that's a I, Disney film. Yeah. think we can. It is, yeah. Get it here either. Um, I can look, but I'm pretty sure it's not there. I don't know. There's a lot missing from Disney Plus. To be fair, yeah. Um, I'm desperate for the day when something wicked this way comes is on Disney Plus. Yeah. I'm actually in waiting for I the Goofy love... movie. It's not available in my country. Really? Yeah. Especially when you find, I don't know if you know, it's like the scene. There's a scene in the film where when they go to the Powerline concert, like Max, he sees two women walking by and he turns and he looks at their asses. Oh. <laughs> and the Rocketeer is on Disney Plus here yeah. in the States. Okay. Adding yeah. that to the watch list. I mean, I just added to the watch that my country was at Nightmare Alley and what was it also? Uh, <laughs> it's not Alley's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love how outside of the U.S. it's like Hulu and Disney Plus mashed yeah. up together in most places. Nightmare Alley, Pam and Tommy. Wonderful. I just remembered Pam and Tommy. <laughs> yeah, this August you'll probably be able to see Prey on Disney Plus. Yeah. And if it's if it's something that gets the divisive, so we can do a review on it on here if you're interested, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. It looks pretty damn good. Yeah. It's a bummer that it got leaked that they, that, that they were doing the film because Dan Drakeford tweeted like, man, we were keeping this a secret. We were keep, keep it a surprise for you guys. And it got leaked. That would have been more fun if they had been able to hold out until man, especially the last that, possible The first minute. teaser, you say, oh, what's this present called Prey? And then you see about that. And then you, the moment you hear that laser sound, like, oh, that's Predator. Mm-hmm. That would have been an amazing reveal. Yeah. Okay. So that was actually our review of Highlander 2. Is it Hannah to the Renegade version or Hannah to the Quickening Renegade version? Hey, oof. let's go with Highlander 2. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Joe, how drunk are you right now oh. at the scale of 1 to 10? Not at all. <laughs> I, I, I just have two beers under my belt, but it, it was very necessary to dull the recap of this film because, wow, this could very easily be a Revenge of the Rotten episode. Um, I, there's some redeeming qualities in this film, but I, I, I feel that it very much deserves the uh, the the rotten rating from critics. Um, it's oof. It, this is this this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, you, there there's plenty that uh, uh, is considered rotten via you know the aggregate there, but I can you know vouch for its redeemable nature. I don't think this film is one of them. And also, we should clarify the one that that's going to has the bad score is the theatrical, which was worse than this one. I don't think too many people would cha- necessarily change their score with it. <laughs> but should you at least, if you're a Highlander fan, if you've watched the television oh, show, yeah. if you have watched the thing, you want to see some cool sword fights, you want to see some cool <laughs> explosions. When I worked in radio, I pitched an idea. Quaid, he's 18 now. So this had to be 15 years ago. We were going to do three-year-old movie reviews. And the first one was going to be Transformers. 
Transformers is not a great movie, but his review was going to be robots blowing stuff up, and we were going to blow uh, beep out blo- uh, stuff, so it made it sound like he was saying an, uh, the shithead word. Um, yes. But um, if you want to see sword fighting, and like the three-year-old review of this would be explosion sword fights. If, you're, if you want a good time, watch this. It's bad, but it's good. You can be bad and good at the same time. Is this Casablanca or the usual suspects or God, what's a uh, red rum movie? I can't. The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> You're not going to get King. this. Isn't this ain't that, but is it Mulholland drive? This is not. Yes. Um, yeah. It, if you want just to sit there and, Almost laugh at this is not the room that, that we're going to sit there and just laugh at the entire time. This does have redeeming qualities, like you said. Yeah. But is it a masterpiece? No. But if you like Highlander, if you have a little bit to kill, watch it. It's yeah. decent enough to at least be entertaining. Yeah. So, Joe, yours what is redeemable and redeemable score? Uh, I mean, for me, it's still going to be unredeemable, but uh, but it was still uh, something fun for a good conversation on the podcast, for sure. And for you, Tracy, it's it's a redeemable film, right? It's redeemable. I, 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 like I said at the beginning, I'm here to defend this film. Because of that, I'm going to nitpick the hell out of it. I'm going to point out the bad parts. But when it when it came down to we're walking to Blockbuster because none of us could drive and we're going to rent a movie, this was it. it. This Highlander, like there's certain movies that you're like, okay, let's watch this. This is good. This is good enough to entertain yourself. You just can't put it on the level of today's Marvel movies because it's not going to reach that. But if you want to watch something that's campy, that's going to be... That, and like like we've discussed, it's going to steal a lot from me, and you're going to laugh. You're going to be like, oh, the roller. You're going to sit there and go, oh, they're they're overacting. Yes, but that's what this is. Just enjoy yeah, it for what it is. There's absolutely something to be said about the quality of movie box art out of the 80s and the 90s because when we were kids and teenagers going to those video stores back then, I mean – that's what was there to sell us on a film. We weren't watching movie trailers on the internet because yeah. that wasn't a thing. Um, you yeah, know, people it, were going to theaters the, to see the Phantom Minister just to see a bad Brad Pitt film. Me, yeah. Joe Black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, were uh, we, I, I, they had to make a deal that if you buy tickets for this movie, we are not giving you refunds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because we absolutely all went to go see Wing Commander just to be able to see the Phantom Menace trailer. I watched Wing Commander because I liked Wing Commander. I will defend that movie too. Is that the one with? I I, I had only played one of the Freddy games. Prince Junior. Yeah, 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 and uh, Checky Cario and uh, who else? Um, isn't Jurgen Prochnow in that? Um, I, I think this one where they had the, the the creator of the game to direct the film, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I don't remember. I just that. know the games. I, the games had Luke Skywalker in it, and a yeah, big hairy cat. 
Yep, the Kalrathi. <laughs> um, yep, the only one that I played a good amount of was... Um, it's like after all these wars of the humans and the Kilrathi where they are teamed up to fight this other menace. And uh, I remember Mark Hamill being in that for at least a little bit. Yeah. And they're good, cheesy fun. Isn't this guy also I will def- Star Citizen something, Squadron 47, something like this? Which apparently is still in development here and they're still taking money from people. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So... So for me, I'm gonna give my thoughts on the film, and and because I actually enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it a lot. But actually, I I thought it was a, a an okay film. It was not actually a terrible like some people, but mostly because I feel like that at least the film because they tried to 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 get their cut of the film and they fixed it. I mean, it's, and after seeing like the first movie, I understand the first movie is always gonna be a classic. You can't top it away like, and heck, you can watch the movie. Or at see least it, a cult classic. I mean, it's like I said, Castle, because even the first one, when you see it, you're like, hey, at least it has an ending. You don't need to watch the sequels in it. But I was, I've not seen the other sequels, but for this one, I would say, especially if you have done, because I'm not sure this is the only version you can find, the Renegade version. Seeing it, actually, you know, you know what? I was like, it wasn't that bad. It has some redeem because the action looked good. And, and I think it's actually the same director who did the third Resident Evil film. I think Resident Evil Extension, if not, it's the same director. Ah. Yeah, and overall, if I had to score it, I would give, I'm going to give it a Dimple score. I mean, heck, I also give Street Fighter a Dimple score. Because I'm pretty sure pissed off I, Andy. <laughs> three is better than this, and four is better than that. Okay. I can't honestly remember what other Highlander films I've seen, and I've There's seen some. There's an anime some. film by the director um, of Ninja Score. Did you saw it? I've not seen the anime. Three is the one with Mario Van Peoples, so it has his cool factor in it. And four is where they tie the TV show and the movie together. Okay, so I feel like I've seen at least three and four. Then that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I think four has. I think it's four the one that has Donnie Yen in it. One of them has Donnie Yen, cool. and the other one has Mako in it. It's no memory. <laughs> because I was yeah. reading about them. That's what I was once the casting. It's like. Donnie was, I think, it was a fight choreographer. And I think it's in four. So, here's a question: If somebody were to reboot Highlander, you know, just completely non-canon, let's just do a total straight up like reimagining. What if you got Muse to do the soundtrack? Did you read the story about I... a Highlander reboot? No. <laughs> you didn't guys hear still the news? No, I did not. The director of John Wick is making a Highlander reboot. I think they're planning doing a trilogy with Henry Cavill as the lead. I'm a, you, okay. You, you had me at John Wick. <laughs> You're going to add Henry Cavill. I'm in. Yeah. I will see. I will see all three yep. right now. I will commit to that right now. Yeah, because they said they're planning on doing a trilogy. All right, I can see that. Well, I would watch that. way they won't mess it up. They won't kill everybody at the end of the first one because they know they got yeah. more coming, and they won't have yes. to. Uh, they won't have to recon, wreck yeah. on everything. I'm in. You have something actually planned out. Yes, that that works. I am. I'm in, I'm in as well. Yep. The question is, who, when are they going to do it? Because he's already he has. I think John, he's he's already now finishing 
pre-post production on John Wick 4. I think he's also doing 5. And he also got Ghost of Tsushima at the film. He was like, man, he's oh, very busy. Right. Yeah. Well, and Cavill, how yeah. many more seasons of The Witcher are they going to do? But we at least know he can wield swords. Yeah. This sounds yeah. great to me. He even said it when they announced yep. it. He tweeted, it's like, yeah, this is my history in dueling swords. It actually, is, is, is going to make me easier for me to play this role. Very nice. Very nice. I'm down for sure. 100% down. Not so much with this film, but. <laughs> <laughs> but the worst uh, yeah. of all of them. But it. Yeah. Hey, there was some fun to be had at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I think now I'm just officially, you know, it's becoming my, the, my longest episode. We just reached about two hour minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's no, okay. I, I, <laughs> I mean, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I have an episode that forces people to listen to me talk about Mulholland Drive for over two hours. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Well, we're definitely longer than the movie. Yeah. That's that that will tell you it's a good recap when you are longer than yeah. the movie, because at least you're passionate enough to discuss everything in detail. Absolutely. And also, yes. we had to also talk about like the behind the scenes stuff, mostly stuff like the short ones, because there was not a lot of what happened behind the scenes. So, like for example, what was it? We did the review. It's not man. I don't know. I think one of the weeks we did some behind the scenes. That's why it got a little bit longer. I remember which review I did. Because I feel like this, if we end up doing Samurai Cup or Battlefield Earth, might end up being the same length. So. I do not need my Thetans audited. Sorry. Um, yeah. Don't, put them don't need to revisit that film. What? Don't go with my kids to uh, Hollywood Boulevard because they're going to try to convince you to join up the entire time. <laughs> Every time we walk past one, they're like, you want to go in? We can go in. Like no. <laughs> All right. Um. So I think this is it now for today's episode. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. And um. So, Tracy, uh, where do people can find you? I don't know why you would want to find me, but I am on all social media or video game consoles or anything yeah. at that fake Tracy. Yeah. T R A C E Y. You can't have Tracy without an E in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, because- I know why they'd want to find you because you're a hell of a nice guy. Yeah. So I have people fooled. <laughs> yeah. Hence <laughs> the fake Tracy. Um. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we also tell them that you could on. Also, Tracy is actually an amazing guy. And, and so is like his family. We like, like seeing them the back and forth, all the shenanigans on Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> and uh, Joe, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Mertens. You can find me on YouTube if you were to search for uh, Murders with Mertens. It's my horror film podcast. Uh, we got 11 episodes in. We're yeah. going to keep rolling on. It's yeah. been a good time. We're going to keep it going. The uh, minor, you know, short-term goal is get enough subscribers for a custom link so that I don't have to ask people to search for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what Twitter yeah. is for. In the meantime, yeah. And if you guys can follow me at Twitter, Yazmathihand. For some reason, Twitter just suspended my old account. And you can also at Yazmathihand 
Pro and it was Instagram and Twitter to follow updates on the podcast. And also on YouTube, just find the Redemption of the Rotten on both, not just YouTube, but also on the, every other podcast because you don't do a, a audio podcast, not just video, right? Joe? Yeah, just video yeah. for me. Because I also do audio podcasts. You can find on any special any audio podcast, mostly you know Apple and Spotify. And before we go, just one housekeeping. Um, this actually I told Joe about it. For one million subscriber, my YouTube channel, Joe, Andy, and maybe some other people and I, we're gonna review like Adve- the Adventure of Achela. This is a Turkish Valley animated film. And <laughs> that's actually a trip. Yeah. Right how now, many subscribers? How how many subscribers for that again? One million. <laughs> We're now, I think, on okay. 15 subscribers. Okay. <laughs> There's a goal. You're nearly yeah. there. You're nearly there. <laughs> I wonder how much that would cost on fiber to get him to a million. Yeah. And I also told Joe that if, uh, by the way, that's the final mistake. If my Man of Steel episode reaches 1,000, I'll, I'll do the malignant review with you, him, and, and Man, Maddie, if he wants. Yeah. That would be a hell of a lot yeah. of fun. I know she has some very strong <laughs> opinions about that film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's good times. It's All right. Good times. Uh, so that was this, that was it for, for today's episode. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and or watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment, and you rate us so that we can get more attention to this um, podcast. And Because I want to to grow my, my channel and to create more other stuff than just this one. So thanks, guys, for listening. And... Hope I see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.